Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is presented to you by our friends over at MyBookie. Football is back, and so is winning season at MyBookie. NFL, college football, and a brand new cash-out system give you options to bet and win all season long. First two legs of your parlay hit, cash out early and use the funds on another bet, or let it ride for the chance at a bigger payday. Use early cash outs as a tool to stay in control of the action at MyBookie. To get started, go to MyBookie.ag now and register an account for free. When you're ready to make your first deposit, just use promo code TSUS to grab a welcome bonus on the house. That's promo code TSUS to claim your deposit bonus and, for a limited time, a free chip to use in the MyBookie Casino. You can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere, only with MyBookie. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi-entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Prize picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. They're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use that promo code TS. U.S. to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility 
at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. of Crane and Company. He joined the show. Jake, my friend, it's great to see you. What a week one it was, and I feel like I should start. I'm here to deliver you your roses, my friend, because you tried to tell us all offseason. We knew line of scrimmage was shoddy, but my goodness, man. My goodness. I mean, you called it. It was the one thing that killed South Carolina's chances in that ball game, and sure enough, I was thinking about you on Saturday night, my friend. What's going on? Appreciate you. Great mm. to see you. Hey, uh, for, first off, uh, I want a sticker. Second <laughs> off, second off, um, love that you're thinking about me. And third off, uh, yeah, look, I, it brings me no personal joy coming on here being like, hey, you know, maybe I'm not a douchebag for saying what I said. Like, maybe I'm not the worst person in the world. Maybe I just call it like I see it. Like, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not here to take a victory lap, but I mean, I wasn't just making it up. Like, I, did, I wasn't like, God, man, how can I just piss off every South Carolina fan in the history of the world? Uh, no, but and look, it's a long year. Here's, here's the problem, though. You look at LSU and what happened against Florida State. I think LSU has the personnel up front to be able to fix it. I, I think the ceiling is there to be able to fix it. I think it's a mindset thing more than anything with them. With South Carolina, I, I don't know how you make those guys after what I saw not only in pass protection, but in the run game. I don't know how you make those guys better. Like, uh, you have two options to me. One, and, and I know Shane's going to do whatever he can. I think he was right to come out and defend his guys. That, that's, that's what you do. But one, you leave that same group in there. You try and just, and Geppetto your way through it, <laughs> you know, and, and, or you let young guys play to get experience. It's going to be tough that you're going to take your lumps or you let the young guys get experience and, and try and get them ready for next year. Uh, so th there's not really a good answer, and it's not like South Carolina's schedule is, you know, walking through the tulips or, or in, on that hill with the girl from The Sound of Music. So I don't want to come over here and be like, hey, told you guys, ha, ha, ha. I, man, I, I love South Carolina. I, I, I have a ton of respect for South Carolina. I have a ton of respect for Shane Beamer. I want South Carolina to do good, but it's also not my job to tell you what you want to hear it's my job to tell you what i really think is going to happen sometimes i'm right sometimes i'm wrong but when i look at that personnel and then losing nickels um you know it just it is what it is women lie men lie numbers don't lie and i thought Carolina was going to struggle up front and you still had a chance you know i thought spencer again i thought spencer played about as well as he could possibly play to be honest with you, there's been a lot of situations these, these last couple weeks, including week zero, where teams didn't have a great offensive line and the quarterbacks played better than I thought they were going to play. Graham Mertz is one of them too, to be honest with you. But Spencer, the question, like I said, when I came on here all offseason, the question to me is not if Spencer Rattler's going to play good. I knew Spencer was going to be fine. 
It's can they protect him and can they run the ball? Because this is not baseball. This is not golf. This is not basketball. One guy can't go out there and play really good while everybody else plays bad and it work out. That's just not, that's just not how it works. And, and I think, Jake, one of the most concerning things to me, I mean, like you mentioned, I, I don't really know. That, I mean, you play Furman tomorrow night. We'll, we'll get there in a second. But how much better can that group really be just seven days later? I mean, I don't think they're going to give up nine sacks again. But here's what's concerning, Jake, because this season was never about beating Furman. It's about doing well in SEC play. One of the reasons I picked South Carolina to beat UNC and I had egg on my face Monday, was that I didn't think North Carolina had the bodies to expose South Carolina. Like, when you look at what they did last year, and I know they revamped their defense, and they brought some guys in, and it looks like their D-line is going to be much better this year, at least Gamecock fans are hoping. But, like, dude, it's it's going to get a lot tougher. And, I mean, on the other side, man, I have real concerns about the defensive front. Zero yeah. sacks, one tackle for loss. Drake May was playing seven on seven. And that UNC O-line, they weren't good last year. They could not protect him. I can only count like two or three times where Drake May, I think, threw, you know, like off his back foot or, or did not throw with his feet set. Meanwhile, like you mentioned, Spencer Rattler's on the run all night long. So it does not mean South Carolina. We've seen them overcome. We or overcome. We've seen them overachieve. We saw it last year. Like line of scrimmage was a problem then. But you are asking so much of Shane Beamer and company to hit seven or eight wins, God forbid. Like, it's just such a roll that ice of, like, what's going to show up in the line of scrimmage. Yeah. And most well, of the time, it's going to be a massive deficiency and cost you. Yeah, well, like, right now, this this is the the fun of, of getting into the season. I can't tell you right now if it was – if North Carolina's really that good on defense. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. Like, I, I really don't because when I go back and watch – it's one thing to miss assignments, to, to just not block the right guy. It's another thing to just get your ass beat up front, like scientifically. And that's what, that's what, that's what happened to me. Now, look, North Carolina, Gene Chizik is a hell of a guy. I don't care what anybody says. When it comes to being a coordinator, Gene Chizik knows what he's doing. He, it's not like he doesn't know what good defenses look like, how to prepare, prepare defenses. But I don't think North Carolina is going to be a top four defense that South Carolina faces this year. I don't think they are. Now, I, I think there's some things. I think there's more hope for South Carolina on the defensive side, even though losing the, the linebackers tough. You know, you, you've got some guys uh, around there that can play. But I, I, the thing is, we, we really don't know. And that schedule, and me and you talked about it, and I, I thought you hit it right on the head. I mean, you look at South Carolina's schedule, Furman – is I think South Carolina wins, but that's not going to be a walk in the park. Jacksonville State, have you seen them with Rich Rod, as goofy as he is? Clemson, I don't know. Hell, between those three, who really knows after what I saw with Clemson in the red zone, just absolutely not understanding when, when you have zero coverage and they're bringing more than you can block. But it, when you're looking at the games to try and get to that six-win mark, and I went back and looked at my prediction, I mean, it looks like five and seven. Like, like it really does look like it. But, you know... I, this is a different team, different circumstance. I didn't think South Carolina had a chance to beat Tennessee and Clemson last year. And we saw football is a fickle mistress, right? I just don't know how you put that. It's hard to put talent into somebody. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know another way to put it, right? It just So when I look at South Carolina's offensive line, I just I, – I don't see it, man. I don't see it. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. And I feel the same way, Jake. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know how those... I mean, they can't be any worse, but when that's your only argument of why a group will improve, that, that's not a great basis to operate off of. You mentioned... No. You mentioned Spencer Rattler. Listen, I thought he was brilliant for everything that he had to work with. Xavier Leggett's emergence as a big-time playmaker, that that was one of the bright spots. I mean, your thoughts, if you want to, you know, continue to expand on the Rattler thing, because, I I mean, if they can give him any semblance of time, you know, we didn't really see a lot of Trey Knox and Joshua Simon. Granted, when you're running for your life, we cannot really evaluate – the OC, the playmakers, all that much, right? But there are some dudes on the offensive side, if they get in situations where the O-line can just be even average. You know, I think Spencer Rattler, and I know UNC's defense, not great last year, but I just thought, Jake, that was a good sign that maybe he took some positive steps forward in the offseason. And, you know, if he has another good game tomorrow, you get an SEC play, and, I mean, you're not going to have really a shot against Georgia, but you start playing Mississippi State, Tennessee, like, Having a confident Spencer Rattler, it's a good place to start going into conference play. Yeah, and look, as valuable as having time to throw, giving him a semblance of a run game will also protect him in itself. Mm-hmm. If I'm South Carolina, here's here's what I do. Spencer Spencer's fine. The only thing I'm worried about is, you know, that you you get hit that much, you're running around that much. Mentally, what does that do to you over time? Right, because Spencer's going to play in the NFL. He's he's going to make a lot of money, I think, playing in the NFL. He's that type of player. But it, I, if I'm South Carolina, I take a page out of what Sean Lewis and Colorado's doing offensively. All right, Sean Lewis, the head coach at Kent State, got hired to be the offensive coordinator at Colorado for Prime. It's from the Art Brile School. You have to adjust to your personnel, and and Shane and them are smart enough to know that. If I'm South Carolina, here here is one way to to try and help fix it. One thing that Colorado did really well, and one of the smartest things they did, is they know their offensive line is deficient. They're deficient on the offensive line and the defensive line. They got rid of the ball so early, they almost substituted the quick passing game, slants, hitches, bubble screens, nows, things like that, for the run game. And that does two things. One, it gives you a chance to get in second and six. 
you can't sit here and operate in second 10 and second 12 and second nine, and then you get in third nine and then third and eight and third and long. That, that's just that you don't have enough good plays in the bank to be able to survive that way. So it will, first thing it does, it gets you in second six. Second thing it does, it demoralizes the pass rush. TCU got to the point, but right before halftime and beginning of the third quarter, where Colorado was getting the ball so quick, they just started rushing three. They said, you know what? We're not going to get there. So we're just going to rush three and drop eight. And that's when Shadur Sanders averaged over four seconds to be able to sit back in the pocket. And if you think Shadur is going to tear people up with four seconds in the pocket, Spencer, they'll have to call John Walsh in here to, to do a show on what's happening in defenses if Spencer Rattler gets four seconds. So there's ways to kind of cover it up a little bit. That would be the first thing that I would do. And you know the best part about that, Chris? Your running back is a converted wide receiver. Like, this isn't some sort of great. Let's motion out. Let's get an empty, right? Let's get an empty. Let's get exotic with the formations. Trey Knox, you can flex him out. He's a hell of a player. You can operate with him, you know, running the number three there on the three-man side with the two-man side the other side. You have to find a way to supplement yourself to get you in second six. And lining up and running inside zone and outside zone and power and counter with this group is just not going to do it. You you have to be able – you have to – and I see, see Matt, like, strength and conditioning – Go look at South Carolina's got some cats that look good. It's not strength and conditioning. You went and got a, a bunch of, for lack of a better term, average-ass players from the portal on the offensive line. That's the problem. I mean, if you're looking at Leggett, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, man, the strength and conditioning. Go look at some of these guys walking around in South Carolina. It's not what they're eating. It's not what they're lifting. It's what they were born with. Maybe it's Maybelline. Maybe you're born with it. No, you were born like this, dog. That's the problem. And, Jake, you hit the nail on the head, and I think that's the thing that Gamecock Nation did not want to hear over the course of the offseason. It's something that, I mean, Jake, I, I said that South Carolina, I, I just hinted at, I, I think the Gamecocks were a loser in the portal cycle this year. You would have thought I said that Shane Beamer should be fired. You know what I mean? Like, people didn't want to hear that, but it, it's just true, man. I, I just, I don't know how you can look at it any differently. So that kind of, that leads me to the Furman game, though. You're mentioning how South Carolina, and this is, this is Dowell Loggins. I mean, welcome to the SEC, buddy. This is your biggest challenge yet, right? Scheming around that offensive line. South Carolina, they can't beat Furman by enough necessarily to, to uh, you know, erase what happened in week one and really make anybody feel better, uh, especially with Georgia looming. And you know, we have – I think Gamecock fans have grown a little bit exhausted because they feel like we're, we're quote-unquote, gassing up Furman all week. But this is a top-10 FCS team. This is a team that last year, Jake, they outgained Clemson. Granted, they lost by 23. Clemson pulled away late. But Furman will not come into South Carolina intimidated. If the Gamecocks screw around, you could look up in the third quarter and this be a, a one-score game. But what can South Carolina, in your mind, like, like what can they achieve out of a ball game like this, taking on an FCS opponent? Uh, I mean, what are some of those things, the, the quote-unquote get-right game? Like, like, what does that mean to you, and what can South Carolina get out of this? Well, look, when, when, we, uh, when I was at South Alabama, uh, we lost to Southern Utah first week of the year, mm -hmm. and that's a game that we should not have lost. Uh, we, we were the better team. We were playing at home. We didn't play well. And the next week, we played Bobby Petrino in Western Kentucky at home, which was a big game for us, and we beat them, right? And that, that was a game that we weren't the better team, and we won. It's tough because as players, if you beat Furman by 40, 
you're still it, it makes you feel a little bit better the highlight films better for the next week but it's it's almost impossible to be like all right man we're back on track because we beat the hell out of Furman and then if it's close and like you said if you mess around you go in there and oh well you know let's just get through it so we can get to the next big game that's how you mess around and get beat David Cohn who's quarterback at uh Michigan uh when they lost to App State they'll tell you the same thing he's like that that's exactly how we approached it and and that's why we got beat but you know as far as fundamentally it, it's a week where if you want to try some things, you can try some things. But as far as feeling better, you're not going to feel better until you have a chance to play somebody that when you beat, you feel good about it, that you shouldn't just line up and beat. One of the, the best examples, you know, LSU plays Grambling this week. They'll beat them by 80, but nobody's going to feel any better. Texas Tech lost to Wyoming on the road. Guess who they get this weekend? Oregon at home. That that's that was so what you beat Oregon, you feel better again. Hey, guess what, guys? It 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 was us. It just was our fault. We didn't play good. We we can just we just need to play good now. So th- there's not a lot of of great warm and fuzzies that that can that can be taken from this game. But you can get back to the fundamentals. You can try some things. You know, Mike Mike Leach. Mike Leach said something great one time. He's like, maybe we should start by rolling some people. Hmm. Maybe we can start by cunts people. But but then again, I know. Chris, they're going in there watching that film, and they've been at practice. It's not like Shane and them didn't know they were they weren't good up front. They weren't sitting around there just playing a game of let's lie to each other to make each other feel better and go out here and just just hold hands and be friends against North Carolina and hope it works out. No, they knew this. This is no surprise. Um, so you know, at, at the end of the day, there's not much. There's not much externally that can make you feel better, but there's some things you can do fundamentally uh, to be able to try and get to the point where you get some confidence back in the guys. Let some guys get in that end zone, right? Let some guys maybe put somebody on their ass every now and then. Get some big hits on the defense, but until you play somebody that we know, that the coaches know, and that the players know are worth their salt, you're not going to feel better about it. Jake, as you mentioned, it was a rough weekend for the SEC against the ACC. LSU fell to Florida State, and I more so walked away from it. I don't know that my feelings are all that much different on LSU, Jake, but Florida State, I was kind of on the fence of like, are they for real? Are they not? That team is going to be in the playoff, barring some major collapse. Like, they are loaded across the board. What were your takeaways from that game? Thoughts on FSU? Thoughts on LSU walking away uh, thoughts on both of those teams walking away from that game. Yeah, well, Florida State, they, they've got everything. You know, and, it, and it's still early. Uh, you know, they could have played their best game of the year in, in year one. I've seen that happen before. But, but I look, you know, it starts and ends up front. Like what I come out of here and say, offensive line, they're moving people. Defensive line, that front seven, I mean, goodness gracious. I mean, you got some cats running around there uh, that, you know, it's, it's I, I don't know where they find these guys, but but it's scary. You know, we talk about aliens and disclosure. Well, just watch the second half of that game against LSU, and that's all the disclosure you need. Uh, they'll be making documentaries about that for years. But I think Keon Coleman being added across from Johnny Wilson has has made them so deadly with Jordan Travis's ability to not just run, right? It's not just, oh, Jordan, there's Jordan Travis taking off. He was running around, extending the play, keeping his eyes down the field, and letting guys like Jaheim Bell, who didn't have his best game, but made a couple plays, had a couple big drops, and Keon, and Johnny Wilson, and the rest of the skill position guys over there, the Benson kid at running back who I like a lot, keeping his eyes on field and was able to throw the ball and hurt LSU. So full credit to Florida State. They went into halftime and made the conscious decision 
that, hey, we think we can bully these guys. They came out of halftime with the ball going under center in single back, running uh, inside zone and power and counter. That, that tells you something where the players went to the coaches and they were like, listen, we think we can bully these children. And the coaches were like, all right, we'll let you do it. Now, when it comes down to LSU, I'm not hitting the panic button on LSU because I think they have good enough personnel to be able to fix it. And, and we saw them lose last year, and then they lost in a totally different way, uh, and they were able to, to turn it around and win the West. But what I don't understand is how you revert back to LSU 2022 at the beginning of the season. No downfield passing game. Last year, when about halfway through the year, when Jane Daniels started throwing the ball deep, even when he wasn't hitting, it changed them offensively. It opened up the run. It opened up the intermediate and the quick passing game. And all they did against Florida State was run crossers and comebacks. Couldn't run the ball, and they never threatened the one time. You ran a double move the last drive of the game, and you scored from 70 out because you were running comebacks the whole time. You were setting them up. Malik Neighbors was running comebacks the whole year, and they were still hitting them. And they never ran any double moves. You never threw any post. The one wheel route you threw on the first play of the game, you almost scored, and then everything was just crossers and Jaden Daniels running around. That was their whole offense. I don't understand how at halftime Brian Kelly doesn't go in there and say, guys, why are we not throwing the ball deep? At least just to back those safeties up to let them know in the secondary, hey, you can't keep creeping down and playing the run or creeping down and doubling up crossers or creeping down and robbing the seam because we're going to hurt you over the top. Defensively, same thing, no adjustments. Harold Perkins, a great spy. Jordan Travis didn't really kill him scrambling around and running. Where he killed him was he would scramble around and then find Johnny Wilson or Keon Coleman and these guys underneath. Why were they so open, you ask? Well, you don't have to be, you know, Newt Rockney to realize that if you're going to play umbrella coverage and run cover three and play everybody back, and then you're going to spy one of your linebackers on Jordan Travis, you're taking somebody out of coverage underneath. You don't have enough players unless you're going to drop eight. And you are rushing four. So when you have a guy that's spying the quarterback that's taken out of coverage and you have three guys that are back, it creates a huge void. And everybody's like, Johnny Wilson's wide open. Johnny Wilson's wide open underneath. How's he wide open? Well, nobody's there. You can only play with 11. And unless you never adjusted it. At some point when you realize that Jordan Travis can beat you with his arm running around and throwing, and you need to just start sending Harold Perkins. Just shoot your bullet. Just send him. Because at least if he misses... Jordan Travis will take off and run, but what he won't do is find Johnny Wilson eight yards down the field with 10 yards of cushion and just make easy throws. Oh, here, let me just throw the fastball right down the middle, right down the middle, right down the middle. So they never adjusted. I thought it was an awful performance after after halftime because, I mean, again, LSU's up, right? You, you move it down inside the 10-yard line twice and you can't score, which is on y'all which is on you. That's what you get paid to, to do as an OC is score touchdowns in the red zone, not kick field goals. Then you don't adjust on offense or defense. So bad performance by the coaches, bad performance by the players. I think it's going to be LSU's worst performance all season. I think they're going to learn from it. And if you're going to lose, there's a reason I called that game the biggest insurance game of 2023 because you can lose it and it still doesn't kill you. And if LSU is able to thread the needle the rest of the way and with what Florida State's probably about to do, that's going to look like a great loss on a neutral site in week one, so you still have a chance. The Spurs Up show is brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, 
your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a flavorful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate the game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. The Spurs Up Show is also brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. Download the Game Time app or head over to GameTime.co and use the promo code SPURSUP for $20 off your first purchase. Again, that's promo code SPURSUP, S-P or S-U-P, for $20 off your first purchase. Game Time is the best ticket buying app available that removes all the stress of the ticket buying process. They have things like images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Guys, you can buy your tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. And also tickets, they're sent directly to your phone. So no more scrambling, searching through your email, trying to find the tickets you just bought, whether it be the Gamecocks, a concert, a comedy club event, you name it, whatever the event is, buying tickets shouldn't be stressful. And Game Time is the way to go. Again, that's our friends at Game Time. Go download the Game Time app or go to GameTime.co. And when you do, create an account and use promo code SPURSUP. That's S-P-U-R-S-U-P for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Jake, it was a successful debut for Hugh Freeze on the Plains. What did you take away from Auburn's blowout win over UMass? And what encouraging signs did you now take into their week two game against Cal going out to the West mm. Coast as six-and-a-half-point favorites? Well, you know, as, as much as you can take uh, w- with the win over UMass, who, you know, did beat New Mexico State uh, on the road. New Mexico State turned it over three times. Uh, the offense, I, I, the offensive line at Auburn just l- looks more together th- than they have been. Now, now i got to see them against – uh, guys that are going to push them. Uh, we'll see that a little bit with Cal. I, I'm not as as high on Cal as everybody else is. I mean, North, Tax, North Texas, I mean, they haven't been able to stop a nosebleed in the nurse's office for the past four years. So I don't know why people are, are unbelievably shocked that Cal scored points. Uh, defensively, I mean, Auburn lined up wrong 15 times in the front seven. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. I mean, I could tell just watching it. They were a gap short a lot of times. They were just able to out-athlete UMass. Now, you simplify things, you can fix the alignment. I wasn't too thrilled with the way Auburn got off blocks. The secondary is really good. That They've got two or three NFL players uh, in the secondary. I think the linebackers are going to be fine. But I really think this Hugh Freeze offense, and something we talked about on here, you know, when Peyton Thorne won the job, my, my biggest, two biggest questions was, one, if you're going to win the job in an RPO offense, do you run well enough to keep the defense honest? And then, two, you haven't been here that long. Have you been able to develop that chemistry with the wide receivers. Well, well, he answered both of those in the positive uh, in game one. He runs better than I thought. 
Uh, he moves around better than I thought. I didn't see it a lot at Michigan State because they didn't ask him to do it. And then second of all, I thought the chemistry was pretty good. He made a couple wrong reads on the RPO. But as far as back shoulders, being on time across the middle, uh, being on time over the shoulder to the backside, he was pretty good. And then Robbie Ashford having that package that I talked about, don't be shocked. Every time Auburn gets in third and short or fourth and short or they're in the red zone, if they send Robbie in there to throw a Dr. Seuss book at him, and, and that's, that's what we saw. So they passed the test week one. Defensively, I don't think Auburn uh, has a chance to be elite. They just have to be good enough. And with Cal, I, I think Auburn's going to go out there and win. I love the over in this game. Uh, but Hugh Freeze, it was successful. It's just nice to see Auburn not be terrible on offense and just look like they have no idea what's going on. And I do want to say this, Chris. So this past weekend – Watch Robbie Ashford do do pretty good for Auburn. We we know what he is. I watched T.J. Finley rip Baylor apart at Texas State. I watched Zach Calzada have a good game at Incarnate Word, and Bo Nix is in the Heisman race. Brian Harson, uh, the survey says you were the problem. <laughs> you were the problem. So uh, it's a very interesting weekend to kind of keep track of that. We move to you know Jake. Some folks whether it be in my mentions, DMs, or our Discord, some folks are saying that you have been deleting tweets about Cade Klubnik from the summer after Clemson's upset loss to Duke in which he was seeing ghosts. I'll let you address that and also Clemson falling to the Duke Blue Devils. Is the dynasty dead? Is Dabo, are his days numbered in the upstate? What are your thoughts? I got folks sending me screenshots, by the way, of Jake Crane was deleting tweets about Cade Klubnik getting positive intel. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just coming to you with this information. So, um, I, I, man, I, I don't think I've deleted a tweet. Now, I'm not the only one that's on my account. So, with 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 my job, so uh, there's spoiler, some... Jake. I don't care if you deleted a tweet or not. Yeah, no, I, I'll be the first to tell you. I, I mean, I went hey, on a Clemson show you know, yesterday yeah. and told him that you know I still believe in Cade Klubnik. You can see what I was saying during the off season. So, um. <laughs> No, uh, but again, I'm not, I'm not the only one that's on my account. Uh, sometimes, too, if I – and, God, I can't – I think I did a whole – I think I did a whole monologue on Kate Klubnik that should still be on Twitter. Um, but, no, look, I mean, I'll, I'll be the first to sit here and say, did Cade have the, the best game in the world? Uh, no, but, but I still believe Kate Klubnik's going to be fine, you know, over time. I mean, I still believe in Cade Klubnik as a quarterback. The same way I'm not sitting here saying, oh, DJU is this amazing quarterback. It was Clemson's fault when Oregon State was destroying San Jose State uh, up front. I mean, DJU was throwing to guys that were wide open. Me and you could have made that throw. I think the jury's still out on him too. But no, I mean, I, I went on uh, a Clemson show, um, CU Sports Media, and, and talked about you know how I was hyping him up during the summer. But if you watch that game and you understand anything about football – then you realize that when Clemson was getting down to the goal line, Duke was running zero coverage, and Clemson was sitting in 11 personnel in wide formations, and Duke was bringing more than they could block. So, like, when Phil Moffa's getting hit right when he's handed the ball, that's not on the offensive line. They can't block two people a person. That's on Garrett Riley. Uh, now, Cade had a, had a couple of those early, too. I think he, think he took too many chances. But I think Mike Elko, and if you've kept – if you've kept – you know, uh, up with Mike Elko defensively at AM and and who he is. I thought his plan was really good. But what I don't understand about Clemson is why you go up-tempo all the way down the field and it's working, and then you stop 
when you get to the goal line. I, I don't understand that. Uh, and the one time they actually threw it against zero coverage to Will Shipley, the one time he touched the ball, I believe, in the red zone, they scored a touchdown. But Cade, I mean, at, at the end of the day, I think Cade's going to be fine. Uh, it's a new offense and a new OC. What what I, again, will continue to say is that I don't think Clemson has the skill guys like they used to. I mean, I just, where's New Hopkins? Where's Sammy Watkins? Where's Justin Ross? Where's T. Higgins? Where's Mike Williams? Where's Travis Etienne? Where are these guys? I mean, Bo Collins couldn't get separation. Antonio Antonio Williams couldn't get separation. So I think I think Clemson's got multiple problems. The defense, Barrett Carter missed that tackle. Riley Leonard's a heck of a player. Um, but no, I, I still believe in Cade Klubnik. I mean, there's stuff all, that I've said all over the internet uh, that's still there. I mean, we do a live show that gets recorded every day. It's not like you can just go in there and and delete the database. Like, like Brian, what do you mean busted, dog? I mean, I, I'll tell you, if I did it, I would tell you. I'm not, I'm not the only one that runs my account. Look, I'm sorry South Carolina's not very good, Brian. I'm sorry. I know you were waiting all year probably just to tell me to just eat it, but I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry, bro. Like, well, I'm really not sorry, to be honest with you. But uh, no, look, I'll be the first one to go on and just like I picked Texas to beat Bama. If they don't, then I'll be the first one to admit I'm wrong. But um, uh, look, I mean, at the end of the day, I, I think Clemson's going to be fine down the road. It's just what a wonky game. What just a crazy ass game. That was, and I do think Dabo was right. I mean, I haven't seen somebody do, like that happen in the red zone that many times in a long time. And look, I'm part of seeing, I'm an Auburn fan. I've seen the Iron Bowl. So at the end of the day, uh, it's it was just a wonky game. Jake, you know, it's crazy and it's bad for them when I'm, I'm low-key trolling, but also giving my thoughts about the game after. And I just said that, you know, I think that Clemson's quote-unquote dynasty is over. It's Dabo's unwillingness to, you know, uh, embrace the new age of college football and the transfer portal. And you see our good friend, Josh Pate echoing the same thing. And Clemson fans are on my timeline. They're like, I hate this guy, but he's right. What do you think about the Clemson folks like, like this, you know, there, there's a, there's a vibe around Clemson that maybe Dabo within the next two, three years, he retires, he's done. We need to move on. We need to, we need a new age thinking coach. Like, do you think they're on the decline in the sense of his days are numbered up there? Well, it's I, I think that there's two things going at each other right now. You have competitive Dabo that wants to win, right? That that came out of nowhere, took Clemson, raised the standard, you know, king of the castle, king of the castle. And then you have set in his ways Dabo, and I'm going to do it my way, and I don't want to admit I'm wrong, Dabo. Like, which which one of those wins? Like, like I, one of the, the things that I think Nick Saban – one of the best things about Nick Saban, one of the many things, is that he's even malleable when he gets to the top, right? You remember when he was complaining about hurry up, no huddle? Oh, I hate this. It's ruining the game, whatever. Well, they didn't change any rules, so what did he do? He goes out and hires the best hurry up, no huddle co offensive coordinators that there is. See, eventually, you have to embrace it, man, right? You, you have to embrace it. The game changes. The game evolves. It just reminds me like, like my grandmother. God bless her heart. She's 85 years old. She's set in her ways. She has a toaster that works probably once every three to four times that you use it. And I've told her, I'm like, Grandma, it's 2023. Get a new toaster. I will buy you a new toaster. I will buy you the flying car of toasters, the Mercedes-Benz Tesla of toasters, but just buy a new toaster. And here's the thing, Chris, she won't buy a new toaster. Because that's the toaster she's used, and it's always wor uh, worked in the past, and it's always made great food, but now it doesn't work. Sometimes you got to get a new toaster. Dabo, get a new toaster, dog. That's it. <laughs>
Jake, as we look ahead to week two, man, a packed slate of games, but let's get right to the headliner. Texas, Alabama, I'm going with the Longhorns. They were my offseason pick. I'm not backing off it now. I think Jalen Milrow, a very talented player. I'm not sold, though, that he's going to be some Heisman caliber candidate, whatever, just because he tossed a couple of touchdowns against Middle Tennessee State. Am I not giving enough credit to the performance, or, or how do you see this game shaking out? Do you think the Longhorns, is Texas finally back, and do they show that tomorrow night? Yeah, well, look, I, I picked Texas uh, to win this game during the offseason uh, with the personnel they have. You know, and <laughs> you can find that on Twitter. Uh, literally put out some today on it. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay with what I said. I'm, I'm going to go with my gut. I'm going to go with my instinct on it. I would rather be wrong going with my instinct then go against my instinct and be wrong. I'd, I'd be in shambles after that. Uh, but look, here's how I see it. Jalen Monroe did everything right pretty much against Middle Tennessee. He did He did everything they asked him to. He out-athleted everybody in the run. He threw to wide-open guys. He handled business, operated the offense. We know he's talented, right? We, we know he has ability. The question is, can you make those five to seven throws during the game on third and medium and third and long to extend drives when the window's really tight? We hadn't seen that yet, right? You're not going to be able to to drop to get a bad snap, drop it, pick it up, dust it off, read half a Harry Potter book, and then go run for 60 yards because you're just out-athleting everybody on the defense. Not saying Jalen Milrow won't be the best athlete on the field. He's one of the best athletes, if not the best athlete on the field. But now you have guys chasing you that can catch you. Now you have guys that can make angles disappear, and now you're going to have to make those big boy throws. Um, so that's something we don't know. That offensive line, right? We we don't know yet. Yeah, they're huge. That's great. I've watched a bunch of huge offensive lines not be very good. We know they have talent, right? But we just don't know. There's so many unknowns with Alabama. And I think we know a lot about Texas. Did they look great against Rice? No, but if you watch that game and you understand anything about football schematically, they were so peanut butter and jelly. They were so peanut butter and jelly. You got Quinn Ewers, who you know can play. Wide receiver group returns five of six top pass catchers, a really good tight end, return offensive line that could be top five in the country. But the difference is I think the front seven on Texas's defense is physical enough and nasty enough to be able to rope it up with Bama for a while and keep them in the game. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to go with Texas. I picked them 30-27. Uh, we'll see. Brian, I'm just messing with you, dog. Like, But no, seriously. Um, but at, at the end of the day, I think it's going to be a great game, man. Uh, I think you're going to see some big plays. Who's going to make the most mistakes because as, as I always say most teams don't win games they lose them and and who's going to make the mistake that costs the team the game is it going to come on special teams offense defense we'll see Jake the best of the rest of the slate two games really stand out we already touched on Auburn Cal but Texas A&M and Miami I love Aggies minus four and mm-hmm. Ole Miss Tulane I love the over in that ball game your thoughts on those picks and and what you're expecting because the 330 slot this weekend is fantastic in my opinion. Yeah, this man, this AM uh, Miami game, we uh we led the show with it on Thursday. I, I think it has a chance to be a program changing win for either one of these teams. And I typically don't say that this early in the season, but if you look at the trajectory of both these teams with the Bobby Petrino, Jimbo Fisher experiment, that this is the first big game together, this could get them a lot of momentum. And look, Texas AM has talent. You know, we talked about Connor Wegman all offseason, too. I mean, I think this this kid has a chance to be special. You know, Texas A&M's offense, it looked like they didn't have to force it. Now, I know they're playing New Mexico, and the only aliens they have are at Area 51 out there or out there at Dulce. But when you look at, at A&M up front, 
I think they're talented too. But their their offense was top twenty five in the country after week one in pace. So you got a, got a little bit. You know, they they put a little spice on the chicken, right? They didn't just serve out some some dried, you know, white white bread chicken. Hey, here you go, everybody enjoy it. No, put a little sauce on there. You know, maybe dribble a little honey. Get weird. Bobby Petrino's bag is super deep. It's deeper than Santa Claus's bag. And he's not afraid to go in there, whether it's Q run, whether it's getting an empty, whether it's getting in 12 personnel, running power, running counter, things like that. His bag is super duper deep. And then defensively, I mean, the, the DeBerry kid who transferred over from Boston College looks good in the secondary. But Miami looked better too. Tyler Van Dyke looked healthy. They played Miami, Ohio in the Confusion Bowl, who I know is not exactly the steel curtain on defense, but Mario Cristobal is a conservative, I want to run to pass coach. This isn't throw it around, let's be super sexy, let's be super flashy on offense. They want to run it, play action, take your shots, quick game uh, from under center, get in a little bit of 10 personnel and work from there. It's built more in Mario Cristobal's image. I think their O-line is good, but they're young. I like A&M in this game. It's kind of a weird game to bet. The biggest thing for AM is if, if they do get punched in the face early, you can't panic. That's the biggest thing. AM has a bad habit of panicking early when it's not going good. So if they go down there and AM plays well, Texas AM will win. And then Ole Miss Tulane, thoughts mm-hmm. on that one? Are you expecting the offensive shootout? Or I thought Jackson Dart was fantastic in week one, granted against Mercer, but still uh, 11 for 11 for what, 237 yeah. and a quarter is. is those are for some for real. Well, Mercer, numbers. Mercer's got a pretty good ball club. I mean, there's you know every team's at that division or at that levels, you know, not the same. We we tend to kind of paint every one of those with a broad brush. Same reason we're saying Furman. You know, watch out for these guys coming in here. That they're not. This isn't Becky the Icebox and little Giants rolling in here this week. Uh, so here's Jackson Dart. Look to me, he looked a lot more crisp. Got to see it against guys that are faster, though. Is he going to keep throwing the ball to intermediate defenders, linebackers, nickels, slot corners, whatever you want to call them? That was his biggest problem. But here's Tulane's problem. I don't think they can stop the run. And there's a common misconception with guys like Lane Kiffin and Josh Heupel and Lincoln Riley that, oh, they just want to throw the ball around. No, they don't. They want to run the ball. That's really who they are at the end of the day. Half of Lincoln Riley's offense is built off play action, off gap scheme runs out of out of heavy personnel. That's what he does. Uh, so... Tulane can't stop the run. Lane's going to try and go down there and score 60, right? If you're willing to put 73 up on Mercer, you're willing to put 73 up on anybody. And I think Tulane's going to be able to score some. I think the secondary for Ole Miss is a little bit vulnerable, but I like Ole Miss to cover in this game. I think Ole Miss may go down there and walk them, Chris, walk them all the way back to Oxford. Jake Crane of Crane and Company. Jake, I appreciate you being gracious with your time. Could talk college football with you all day. One last thing, and I promise I'll get you out of here. Oh, you good. I got to get your thoughts. You've been in the coaching profession. How does Deion Sanders' early success, only been one game, but he has shown you can flip a roster overnight and go out and take that roster and beat a team that was in the national championship prior. I'm not saying this means the Deion Sanders thing is going to be some massive success and they're going to be a 10 win team this year but do you think this puts even more pressure on coaches to win and win immediately because again Dion just showed and some people didn't like the style thought it was cutthroat he was telling kids on scholarship hey you're going to play football somewhere but it ain't going to be here mm-hmm. but the fact the matter is Jake it worked what's your thoughts on the impact of that on the sport as a whole well it's it's like arguing the law right is there precedent or not well now there's precedent. Not only there, look at Texas State. Coach Kenny takes over, flips the whole roster over there, and goes and beats Baylor in the first week on the road. 
throws up a crooked number on them. So I, I think anytime you're able to accomplish something that's outside of the box, fans can now look and point at it and say, see, it does work. Maybe you should try this. So now that the precedent's been set, and, and we'll see how it goes. I actually like Nebraska this weekend, believe it or not, against Colorado. Uh, but now that precedent's been set, you can always point to and say, hey, you know, you can win this case. Like this, this versus V, Sanders versus TCU, whatever. Uh, uh, so now that precedent's been set, I, I think it's something some guys may embrace it more. But look, timing is everything in the steel, right? Everything in life is timing. There's a big difference. You know, you remember when people actually recruited junior college? Uh, how they used to be like, well, if we can't get him here in, to go through spring, then we're not going to be able to take him. We don't want to take a May guy. We want to take a December guy. They're worth their weight in gold because they can go through spring. I think if you're going to have huge roster turnover, you need to get them in there to go through spring practice. And then you have a spring together and then a summer together and then a fall camp together. Because the hardest part is not going and acquiring talent. It's getting the talent to mesh together in time to be successful during the season. So Dion got a lot of those guys in there before spring, which was huge. You're there with the coaching staff. You learn the terminology. You understand what you're seeing. Second thing, I do think some head coaches are kind of like, damn, well, You've already seen a sped up process on how long is it going to take you to win. You know, it used to be three years, but now it's two with the transfer portal. Well, if Dion does what Dion may do this year, it's about to be one and a half. And if you're a coach that's taking over another place, because what's going to happen? Like, well, you know, I need at least uh, a year with this roster to flip it. That AD is going to be like, but but look on on look at Dion Sanders. Look, look at what they, they did out there. Look at Texas State. Um, but uh, look, uh, it's it's something where now you have precedent. People are always going to be able to point to it. Bruin Nation, when Nebraska wins this game this weekend, I'm going to come back <laughs> and I'm going to be hell. Don't think I forget. All right, you're not special. You're just next. <laughs> you can't blame Gamecock fans for pulling against Nebraska every turn. I bet oh, on yeah, Minnesota. Satterfield, I, bet I, just, on... I like to have a good time. I can't see the chat in my show. I can see it here. So I like to have a, a good time. I, good I time. took Minnesota minus seven in week one, Jake, just out of pure principle. Also, another Cre game – I know you talk gambling every day. Another game I'm taking out of pure principle, over 36 and a half in Iowa, Iowa State, just because I think if you bet the under in that game, you're a sicko. That, that's my it pure just, principle. That just reminds me of the Austin Powers thing when they're making fun of James Bond and he like gets six in blackjack and he's like, I'll stay. I also <laughs> like to live dangerously. Hey, I will say though, I will say though, I will say though, um, remember I came on here and told y'all to take that parlay. I told y'all to take it and it hit. It hit. I'm up like 850 right now, like 18 and 11. I don't want to jinx myself. I'm knocking some wood right here. Um, but uh, I was going to say, I came on here and said, hammer, absolutely hammer Utah, right? Minus six and a half, absolutely hammer it. Uh, and it worked out. So uh, this week, a couple that I'm looking at. Can I give you a couple? Yeah, go ahead. Yes, please. All right, my please. locks. I was 2-0 and in locks last week. Rutgers minus nine against Temple. Don't think you'd be crazy to take the under at 44 either. Auburn Cal over 54 and a half. Absolutely smash it. Get one of those big hammers like the dude used to bust some watermelons and just smash it, smash it, smash it, smash it. Uh, don't think you'd be crazy to do that. Um, also, don't think you'd be crazy to sprinkle some Texas Tech money line this weekend against Oregon. I would maybe even have a little parlay where you put, I don't know, Boise State and Texas Tech together. A little bit of dogs. Maybe throw East Carolina in there. Get a little dangerous. Get a little weird. Um, so, look, I mean, at, at the end of the day, uh, it's it's a great time to get them early with this new clock rule, right? It's under season. It's the unders club. Come hang out.
Jake, don't you have like a 14-team parlay this weekend or something I got like a 10-legger. I got a 10 legger. My goodness. Yeah, I call I it the octopus. I can't I can't even imagine the payout on that. Jake, I promise last thing. Our guy John Rice question today. Better odds South Carolina loses to Furman or beats Georgia. Oh, you guys are sick. <laughs> um loses to Furman. I said the same thing, honestly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's uh, it's losing to Furman for sure. <laughs> I mean, Georgia, look, I mean, I know Georgia didn't exactly, you know, look perfect, um, you know, against UT Martin, but they're good. Brock Bauer's good. <laughs> I love it. Jake Crane of Crane and Company. Jake, y'all keep up the great work, man. I appreciate you. It's always a pleasure to chat with you and looking forward to a great weekend of college football. And let's break the bookie this weekend, man. Dude, let's do it. Let's just John Dillinger him, except not get like murdered at the end. It's like on like on uh on uh Dumb and Dumber when he when he steals the makes Seabass pay for it. And he's like, dude, where did you where did you come up with that idea? He's like, I saw it in a movie. And like, what happened? He's like, Oh, they caught him like a mile down the road and slit their throats. But uh no, nah, man, it's great. I love coming on here and talking with y'all. I hope South Carolina figures it out and turns it around. I, I would much rather be wrong and, and watch Shane and them have success than, than uh, watch them struggle. Be patient, South Carolina fans. I know he's been there a couple of years. Give this man time. Once he gets that O-line developed, I'm just telling you, South Carolina is really in good hands, and, and he's a great person as well, even though you know winning trumps everything. So I appreciate it as usual, guys. And uh, I'm going to go talk good about Cade Klubnik now. Always a pleasure, Jake. I appreciate you, man. We'll talk See you, soon. you have on your plate earning your degree online seems impossible but at grand canyon university we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day your graduation team led by your own gcu counselor provides you with the personal support you need to succeed achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you find your purpose at grand canyon university visit gcu.edu